This is Review and Preview on the Wave, the sound of LIU. Good evening. Welcome to Review and Preview. I am your host, Tom Scavetta, joined alongside Kyle Earhart and Kyle Russo, a three-man studio here tonight. Watch us on Facebook Live. Tune in to our podcast on liuwave.org, broadcasting Fridays, 8 to 10 p.m. This is our 52nd podcast of Review and Preview. For a show that's logged over seven and a half years, that's pretty, uh, that's pretty good stuff. Um, follow us on Instagram and Twitter for our updates on March Madness, NBA, other sporting news, and a uh, quick, quick announcement, our primary podcasting site now is anchor.fm slash review and preview. So we, we will be uploading our podcast through there, broadcast it on the wave, and you can subscribe, go shout us out, and we'll be happy to have you, and we'll shout you guys out as well. So, and also feel free to take part in our live show tonight, 516-299-2030. So, um, sad news in the NFL. Well, I don't know how you guys feel about this in particular, um, but Rob Gronkowski, a uh, 10-year vet, has retired from the NFL, spent his whole career with the New England Patriots, battled through injuries. Uh, thoughts? It's a very sad, disheartening day because even if you weren't a Patriots fan, I mean, you just love this guy, his dedication to the game. Even though he's got hurt multiple times, I mean, he just kept back – coming back stronger and stronger and he he's going to be missed because again he's only a 29 year old I believe he just turned 30 if he has not turned 30 yet but I, to be honest with you I really wouldn't be surprised if this is the last time we see Gronk in the NFL I think he may come back potentially Gronk is 29 till May just 29 till May yeah I wouldn't be surprised if he comes back I don't know if this is the last we see a Gronk I mean right when I heard this news I literally took a beer out and was so happy I mean, I bet. I mean, from, as a Jets fan, yeah. From a Jets fan point of view, this is like this could, this season and it hasn't even started yet. It's just going off. This perfectly. is the this memory uh, this memory of the Patriots. Yeah, because yeah. they're a different team when Gronk isn't in the lineup. That is true. Uh, Brady, Belichick, Edelman. I mean, no. Even with that, well, they did win a Super Bowl without Gronk. That's true. They did. Yeah, but also. There wasn't Randy Moss on that team that year? No, Gronk I'm talking hurt? about when Gronk got hurt back oh, no. in 20, I believe, 2016 when they played the Seahawks. I don't think he played in that uh, Super Bowl. It was either 2016 or 2017. I forgot. But they didn't have Gronk in that game, and they wanted up winning. Rob Gronkowski. Now, where does he rank among the NFL's best tight ends in history? I think number two. Number two. Tony Gonzalez yeah. is my number one. Behind guy. Gonzo? Yeah. Yeah. Same thing. It's tough because I think Gronk had more pure talent than Gonzo, but he didn't play long enough, and he was always hurt. Yeah, Gonzalez played, like, what, 14 years or something like that? Tony played forever. Yeah. And Gronk in the— to be fair, Gronk Gronk did play his whole career, even though Gonzalez, he played his whole prime in Kansas City. And he was still good in Atlanta. No, he was phenomenal in Atlanta. Yeah, he was. He's He's now 43. Um, and he played in the NFL from 1997 to 2013, a 14-time Pro Bowler, 111 career touchdowns for Gonzalez, over 15,000 receiving yards. But 
Um, this show here tonight, this segment's about Gronk and what he did over his illustrious NFL career. Uh, a kid from New York, six foot six. Uh, I believe he went to college at Arizona. Yeah. And he played in the NFL for eight to nine years, a three-time Super Bowl champion, five-time Pro Bowler. Remember, in 2014, he was NFL Comeback Player of the Year. Gronkowski had just about 80 touchdowns in about half the time that Gonzalez did play. Just some food for thought. I know the game was very much different when Gonzalez was around to Gronk, but Gronkowski, 79 touchdowns, nearly 8,000 receiving yards, 521 career catches, four-time first-team All-Pro. I mean, the list goes on and on. We could talk about this all night. And Gronk was a second-round draft pick. He wasn't a first-round pick. I think if Gronk decides to stay in the NFL for five, six more years, he probably becomes the best tight end in the NFL history. Oh, yeah. He's, he's sacrificing. Oh, yeah. He's sacrificing so much. But I, listen, some people argue that Gronk is the greatest tight end of all time based on those reasonings. But Quick shout-out to Hank Indictor watching our Facebook Live video from Trumbull, Connecticut. Uh, we hope you enjoyed opening day yesterday watching the New York Yankees. And feel free to comment on our Facebook Live if you have any thoughts on this segment. James Montefusco, our co-host who's out tonight, looking forward to having you back next week for your one-year anniversary as a uh, member of Review and Preview. But, yeah, you know, this is sad. For me, you know, now that I digressed for five minutes, I'll finally come back to answering the question. Uh, For me, Gronk is a close number one. Um, it's definitely close. I think I, I think he's the best. Uh, better than Gonzalez, but he didn't play long enough. And G- G- Gonzalez was more with it intellectually as well. Uh, Gronkowski didn't know how to take care of himself. So all-around player, I give the edge to Gonzalez uh, and, like, the position of tight end. But if we're talking about, like, the best player, that's uh, a debate for another day. Sticking with New England, uh, another player who retired, uh, Malcolm Mitchell, only played one season in the NFL. Uh, a guy that not a lot of people know about at such a young age, too. It's a shame. This kid is just 25 years old. Uh, injuries got the best of him. Uh, feels blessed to have won uh, Super Bowl 51 in his final game. Missed all of the last two seasons. Fourth-round pick out of Georgia. So, short-lived career, but another 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 one bites the dust. Speaking of uh, biting the dust, Robert Kraft comes out and says, I am truly sorry for the incident that happened. Uh, what was it, down in Florida? Yep. Down in Miami, South Beach? Not South Beach, but yeah. Well, you get the point. Yep. Yeah, I mean, I think there's also another report that the police, uh, one of the uh, head chiefs, have video and they're thinking about it. They're going to put out the video of Kraft in this whole situation, but Kraft obviously doesn't want it to be showed. Weren't all the? I heard. I heard a rumor. I don't know if it was true or not, but wasn't there a report that if he pled guilty, that all the charges would be dropped or something like that? I believe. I believe I read something like that, but I don't understand. I mean, I'm not even concerned about this is handled legally, but what does the NFL do from here? Because I don't understand if this is if this is all true from what we've seen and with the evidence it looks like it's all most likely true. Where does the NFL stand at that point? Does he get forced to sell the team? Is he suspended? 
what's the magnitude of the punishment that not only should be deserved but should happen upon Robert Kraft? I don't think they're going to make him sell the team. I, I mean, I that's I, I only go. say sell the team because look what they did to Jerry Richardson, who had a smaller incident, and they made him sell the team. Yeah, but, I mean, we're also talking a different time. so It was two years ago. Well, the NFL's changed a lot over the past two years. I guess. And it's New England. So, that, that's true. And the, the NFL holds New England by the thumb. If you didn't know that already, uh, folks. <laughs> but there's other news in the NFL. Uh, some good news. Shout out Tommy the Mac McNamara, just tuning in, former co-host of the show. Uh, we look forward to uh, having you listen to what we have to say about the Chicago Bears trading Jordan Howard to the Philadelphia Eagles yikes in exchange for a 2020 sixth round draft pick with conditions in the trade that could potentially flex this to a fifth round pick Kyle Russo I know you were hot I was last hot. night I on was this just, topic I was I, I mean, could not believe you weren't cold Philadelphia's GM is the best GM in the entire NFL I mean what he did with Jay Ajahi Jeffrey Glory what he did with Jay Ajahi, he traded nothing for Jay Ajahi, who at the time was still a star potential running back. Michael Bennett for a sixth-round, a seventh-round pick. He's not with the team, obviously, anymore, but still. And now Jordan Howard, a, a guy who had, uh, what was it, 50 yards short of a 1,000-yard season and nine touchdowns, and you get him for a sixth-round pick? Unbelievable. I got one thing to say. The Bears must be in love with Tariq Cohen. I mean, how can they not be? I that mean, was a star last year. Tariq Cohen is probably the second best version of Christian McCaffrey in this league right now. In and he, terms and of, he could throw. I mean, the number of that game against Giants, he threw a touchdown also. He did. Uh, they also lost that game. Yeah. Yes, they did. They also game. lost that game. Um, good. Um, but <laughs> that's crazy. Uh what else is crazy is that it's already been announced that the Chicago Bears, who just traded away Jordan Howard, um, will kick off the NFL season on Thursday night football against the Green Bay Packers. I believe that game is in Lambeau Field. Yeah, I believe just so. Confirm that um, classic rivalry between the Bears and the Packers. Those were two of the first franchises to ever uh, step on the field. That was the season opener last year, too, right? Yeah, and yeah. this, guys, this kicks off the 100th NFL season. Nice. So, nice. Nice, dude. Let's go. And this game kicks off on NBC. The Bears will host the Packers. Incorrect, we both are. Soldier at Soldier Fields. Field. Um, Green Bay leads the all-time series 97-95-6. and six. Okay. They wouldn't want to have it any other way than Chicago. But Chicago is the first NFL franchise, I believe. Or the St. Louis Cardinals, something like that. I, I, yeah, but Chicago has been around forever. Um, and New England, the defending Super Bowl champions, will open up on Sunday Night Football. I say that very solemnly. There's potential that they could match up against the Giants. I've heard yeah, rumors could. about it. I would like that. I Week would one. not. I would love that. No. Why not? Because Sunday night, you're going to want a primetime game. You don't want ja- to uh, see ja- Saquon Barkley versus Tom Brady. First I don't week want to of the season? I don't want to see a slaughter. Wait, Not the first Tom, game of the season. Why'd you say Saquon? Why'd you say Eli? Well, I mean, uh huh. I mean, you're comparing the best player on New England to the best player on the Giants. That that was that was no shot at Eli, but come on, you you want to see Saquon play? 
I do, just not the first game of the season. And to be fair, Giants-Patriots game's always, always a good game. Always. We'll see. Look at the Super Bowls, man. We'll see. Yeah, this is uh, this is going to be a fun season for New York football, for sure. Um, other news, uh, New York Mets ace Jacob deGrom got paid a five-year extension, $137.5 million deal. And David Wright played a big role in this deal, in addition to Brody Van Wagenen. Did they, is, is DeGrom making more than David Wright did on his 10-year deal? Oh, definitely. Yeah? yeah and I, I think Wright wanted it that way. Because, I mean, let's be fair. Did David Wright win an MVP? No. No. I mean, they needed to, obviously, Cy Young. Uh, obviously, DeGrom deserves to get paid way more than... David Wright did. Let me tell you my opinion about this, because I'm a, I'm a Yankee fan, obviously, but I'm a huge DeGrom fan of what he's been able to do. But at the end of the day, and I believe that he did deserve the contract extension, but I feel like this makes the Mets organization, especially the top, it makes them look weak. Because if you remember, the, the, literally the day before, less than 24 hours before, Syndergaard came out and said, I wish the organization would stop fooling around and just pay the man already. Now, the fact that, in my opinion, that's my viewpoint as a fan of not just the, well, I'm not a fan of the Mets, but a fan of baseball. That makes me believe that they got pushed into doing something that maybe not necessarily they wanted to do, at least right away. Yeah, I mean, you're right, but it was time. Lock this guy down. He'll be a Met for the rest of his career. Love it. Uh, Kyle E., was there really 7-Eleven and tacos involved? Yes. At, uh, at an airport? Now, in, they, obviously the Mets had a three-hour layover in Sarasota because their plane wasn't working, or the mechanical. Typical Mets. So uh, Brody, Brody Van Wagen and ran to 7-Eleven, got two, uh, 12 ta- taquitos for $2. And that's what uh, basically they, him and DeGrom shared it, and I guess that's how the deal happened. That's what Brody said on WFAN the other day. $2 tacos. That's a typical Mets thing to do. <laughs> yes. Um. Final thing on the segment here before we step aside for a quick break. Uh, back to our point on Jordan Howard. Tommy the Mac McNamara just count, just um, com- commented, Howard is a two-down back, not a threat in the passing game. I would happen to agree. But I think the Eagles, I mean, don't they still have Sproles and Smallwood or something like that? Yeah. I think this is the type of back that they want. No, but still, even at the end of the day, I think if you line up the two offensive lines with each other, I think that... The Eagles have a better one, first off, so he's going to be able to run better. Versus, and, versus who? What do you mean? Two, first, o- two offensive lines. Like Are Chicago's offensive o- line versus oh. the Eagles' offensive line. I believe the Eagles' offensive line is better. On top of the fact that Jordan Howard has been still very successful, even though he's a – I mean, listen, you say he's a tuned-down back, but yet he's had a 1,000-yard season, basically, and nine touchdowns. Being and he's down back. time with Tariq Cohen. That's true. So – if he's the main back, just imagine what he's going to be able to do. Yeah, he's the reason why I think I went 13-1 and one in one of our leagues this year. So he was a big part of that. Having Barkley, McCaffrey, and Cohen on the same team was incredible. But, uh, man, let me tell you something. Jordan Howard to the Eagles, that's big. Uh, but hold on. Why do you care so much? Why do I care? About, about this move. I care because the Giants GM... Uh, I don't didn't care that we jump can... ship. I didn't jump ship. You sure? I I'm just annoyed with the fact that the Giants GM decides to 
make non-positive moves and decides that getting older is the best for a rebuilding or new because that, that makes well, sense. Well, I, you know, that makes we'll sense. We'll talk about this another week for sure, without a doubt. But I do disagree with that. I think the Giants GM has been making positive moves. Uh but yeah, on that note, we're going to step aside for a quick break. When we come back, we will review and preview some of the NBA games and playoffs. And the NFL draft, of course, is lurking in about a month from now, so we will get to that in the coming weeks. You're listening to Review and Preview here on The Wave, the sound of LIU. Welcome back to Review and Preview, folks. I am your host, Tom Scavetta, joined alongside Kyle Earhart, Kyle Russo, here in the studio. Um, one segment down. Thank you, next. All right, so LeBron James, face of the NBA, pretty much his whole career. This is the first time he will not be making the playoffs since he was 20 years old. LeBron is now 34. LeBron has been around forever. Eight straight NBA Finals appearances between the Cavaliers and the Heat. That streak is now snapped, and he will miss the playoffs for the first time in 14 years. Wow. Um, yeah. That's insane. I was not very old when that <laughs> happened. I don't think anyone else in the studio was very old either. Um, Seven. But yeah, seven, eight years old. Is it sad that LeBron is out of the playoffs, or is this a good thing? Is this a new step, a new direction for the NBA, or will this hurt uh, ratings? No, not at all. I don't think it'll hurt ratings. It's not going to hurt ratings. No. Are you kidding? I don't believe so. I think it's just going to hurt Laker Nation because I think that they believe that LeBron is going to step in there and save them and bring them to the to the winning side immediately. And you can't. I mean, if only LeBron James. If you look at his individual numbers right now, and this is how for granted we take him LeBron James is averaging 28 points per game and everybody's like oh LeBron James is aging he's terrible no he just can't carry a team that has nobody around him to to the to the promised land immediately you have to have somebody paired up with him throughout his career except for in his early stages with the Cavaliers in fact probably his entire career with the Cavaliers he never had anybody but you mix the aging with the fact that he doesn't have anybody what do you expect him to do and the fact that he's putting up those numbers alone after getting hurt and rumored out there was that LeBron James came back after, six, uh, I believe it was uh, a six-week injury, uh-huh. and apparently he was supposed to be done for six months, according to a physical therapist that was working with LeBron James. Well, I'm going to say something right now. It's certainly affected him on the court because he's shooting only 66% from the free throw line. What's his field goal percentage? His field goal percentage is 50%. Thank you. That's not what we're talking about. What is the free throw percentage? The Lakers as a team stink at free throw shooting. That's not why they're losing. They're losing because they have no shooting talent around them. Foul shots win games. Foul shots and defense win games. They do, but when your main guy is putting up 28 points per game, you have to spread You can put up all the points you want. You can't hit free throws. That's a problem. And he's never been able to do it. Never. Why is it a problem now and not... When he I won mean, three it's, championships, it's always past. it's always been a problem because he's like you've said he's had other people around them. Yeah, but look at it now. Nobody's nobody's bringing up the free. Nobody's well, bringing up the reason. Maybe for the lack LeBron of can't lead a team by himself. Maybe he does need help. 
Well, maybe he, he, can't he needs help. Listen, Lonzo Ball is not the option. You can't have him be your second Should've guy. Should never got rid of Julius Randle. Big yep. mistake. That was a mistake. Big mistake. That was a big mistake. That's true. I mean, because JaVale McGee is your number one center right now, which he's not a bad option, but he's a backup probably on any other team in the NBA. I mean, I'm just going to say something. Julius Randle nearly single-handedly eliminated a Louisville team in the NCAA tournament five years ago that was predicted to win it all back-to-back as a four seed and had all juniors and seniors in their lineup, including guys who are currently in the NBA, like Montrez Harrell and Terry Rozier. So just saying, Randall was a huge loss for L.A. What's next? Is Walton gone? I mean, because realistically, oh, who, who, who are they going to bring in, though? There's rumors about Jason Kidd. That would be nice. That would be nice. Why? That would be really nice. Why? Because I feel like Jason Kidd has the, the status quo, the resume, to really get control of LeBron's basketball mind and attention. Because I believe that, listen, everybody knows. You know, Jason Kidd would be coaching a team and not LeBron James. Listen, LeBron right. James is the team. See, I, I think like you know that's You know that's the case scenario. I, obviously, LeBron missed the playoffs. It's going to take a hit uh, because there's kids out there like myself. I, I love LeBron, and I watch the playoffs because LeBron's in it. Like, I don't really watch, you know, that much NBA playoffs with LeBron. Like, I'm not going to watch this year's playoffs that much because I, I like LeBron so much. But you think, how much bonus basketball has LeBron played the last, what, 16 seasons Too he's much. played? That's exactly. So, like, this could be, I'm not, obviously it sucks now, but this could be a good thing that maybe LeBron gets a whole, like, two, three months off now. Yeah, let him without, rest. And yeah, let him Have rest fun. so the next season comes back rejuvenated and maybe new coach. This could be, like, a good thing for the Lakers. I know it sucks now, but... Could, like, uh, in the, maybe next season it could be really good. LeBron could just play better. He's, the guy's tired, man. Exactly. If he's tired, that's a problem. No, it's not. Are you kidding? He's not entitled to be? When he plays. You're not entitled to anything in sports. You play 30 You're not entitled minutes, to anything. You play basically the entire game. How many game. minutes has Giannis logged this year? Giannis is also like 10 years younger. So? You don't have to. You, I thought come LeBron on. used nothing as an excuse. He's always complaining. Look, don't get me wrong. I love LeBron. He's probably the best athlete the NBA has seen in the past twenty years. But come on, he's one to make excuses a lot. And has he made one excuse for not making the playoffs? That's not the discussion here. That is the discussion. The discussion is LeBron James. LeBron James and the Lakers, not the Lakers. LeBron James and the Lakers are not making the playoffs. Oh, I thought they weren't a team. I thought they were in a team. They're not. The Lakers are just like, they're there. LeBron James is the team. LeBron James. Right. LeBron. But back to the point about Jason Kidd. The Lakers are a team. It's not just LeBron James. you got to put a team around this guy. Not Jason Kidd him. would make sense to train Lonzo Ball if they plan on keeping him. Which you know what else would make is. sense? Moving on to James Harden. That would make sense. Uh, James Harden ties his career high. <laughs> 61 points last Friday night. Joins Kobe, Wilt Chamberlain. Michael Jordan is the only players with multiple 60-plus point games in a single season. Wow. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's, it's his style of play. I mean, there, there's nothing wrong with it. It's just how it is. And, you know, you could start to think and criticize him all you want that he doesn't pass the ball as much, but his assist numbers are higher than normal this season. And Houston, all of a sudden, they're in the middle of the pack in the West, and they're looking pretty good for the playoffs. And honestly, I think they're the only team that can challenge Golden State. You could talk about Denver all you want. Nobody's 
OKC, no more. A they, proven they, they, star they yet on that bad. team. Yo- Jokic has been a star in the regular season, but, you know, he's never really been in the playoffs. I mean, you look at Houston, and then Portland just lost Nurkic. McCollum has been hurt. So you're really looking at Golden State and Houston, if you ask me. I mean, I don't, even, I don't even think you put the thunder in that discussion. I mean, maybe they won a series. but Not anymore. Oh, they were never in it. No, they were, but they've looked like they were never the last in it. I mean, with, I with Russell Westbrook, you're never in the, the discussion to beat Golden State. Why not? Tommy the Mac McNamara. LeBron is selfish. Oh, Tommy. Tommy. Uh, not all the time, but sometimes. He does have a point there. I can see his point. Well, who do you want him to pass to? JaVale, take a three. Who do you want him to pass to? Ingram, take a three. Ingram isn't even playing. So, <laughs> Kuzma. We will get to the Giannis Harden debate in just a few moments, but first, let's recap the games that happened this past week. Um, there's been a tight race for the playoffs in the East, 6th to 10th place. Right now, currently, it's Detroit, number six, Brooklyn at number seven, and they're beginning to fall. And then you got. Number eight, I think it's Miami at this time. I mean, that, they're they're pretty much there by default. Uh, with the Magic right behind at the number nine, and then Charlotte still alive on a four-game win streak, just a game and a half back of the eight spot. So, I mean, this six to ten right now. There's five teams vying for three uh, three spots. Five teams for three spots. Who's in, and who's out? I think Brooklyn's out. To be honest with you, they have just been so awful. And at the head of their So are your sports runs. predictions when you bet, but, you know. Listen, when I don't bet money, that's when I'm right, so. I mean. I mean, Brooklyn, D'Angelo, did you watch D'Angelo Russell last night? Yeah. He was awful. Brooklyn's also on a seven-game road trip. Like, they haven't been, like, at home in, like, two and a half weeks because all the tournaments going on. And uh, well, this uh, next week they'll be on the road, too, because WrestleMania comes to town, too. So well, that, by that logic, then Brooklyn doesn't make the playoffs. I, I would love to see Brooklyn in the playoffs. I would love to see it too, but not the way that they've been playing. I think they're getting in. Congratulations. Over who? I think they're getting in. Over who? Over Charlotte. And? Definitely. The, the Magic. Heat, magic? The Magic. I, I think Miami's going to get in. Here, so here, here's why. Brooklyn will get in as an eight and play Milwaukee. Why? Because, I mean... Milwaukee, I think they have to play Milwaukee twice. And Toronto and Boston. But keep in mind, these teams may also be resting guys. I understand, yeah, you want to keep Brooklyn out when you're playing against them, but at the same time, you got to worry about your team and your future in the playoffs. You don't want these guys to go down in the last couple of games. I mean, we saw what happened to Nurkic balling out against Brooklyn in double overtime, which we'll get to in a minute. But, I mean, that's really the status quo right there. Um, and then in the West... You got six teams clinched. The, the Clippers and Jazz have both clinched at this juncture. Now, I mean, sat, look, sat Sacramento's not getting in. Six and a half back of the Spurs. It's going to be the Spurs and the Thunder to clinch soon enough. Yeah, it's guaranteed. By, by the end of the weekend. It's guaranteed. But now this, this is where the seeding comes into play. There's a fight for the number one spot between the Warriors and the Nuggets. And then pretty much three through eight is still a mess. It's a catastrophe in in the West. Uh, realistically, I think Houston will get the three. 
Portland, despite being on a five-game winning streak, just lost their big man, Joseph Nurkic. Tom's favorite player, I think, just because of the name. Yep. <laughs> you know, I, I play NBA 2K a lot, and then sometimes I'll just talk to myself in front of the TV, and I'll go, Joseph Nurkic. <laughs> I roll the R on his name. Can, can you roll R's? Kyle no. Russo. I can't. It sounds really dumb, so I'm not going to do it. But speaking of Portland, because we were talking about it before, Portland, luckily Ouch. for them, they have a really easy schedule, except for the fact that they got to play Denver twice. But other than that, they got a really easy schedule. So I think a four is viable for Portland. Maybe a five, because they might fall. Uh, I don't know about that. Anyway, um, yet yeah, last night, the San Antonio Spurs honored Manu Ginobili, retiring his number. Number 20, you saw Tony Parker gave a speech. Pop was there. Timmy Duncan was there. Uh, Fabricio Alberto was there. Do you remember Fabricio Alberto, or were you not born yet? What year did he play? I've never heard of him. Fabricio Alberto started in the 90s and played into the 2000s. Probably I he, not. I think he retired after the 07 final or something like that. Kyle, you remember Fabricio Alberto? I Bailey, do. Right? I do. He was part of that. You know, Bruce Bowen was there last night. Bruce Boris Diaw, Beno Udre. Um. Yeah, Matt Bonner. Who could forget the Red Rocket? I forget when Marcus Smart elbowed him in the groin, and you never see Bonner get pissed at people. But Bonner. Matt 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 Bonner got into two fights in his NBA career. Kevin Garnett back in two thousand three when he was with the Raptors, and Marcus Smart two fights. How do I remember that? I'm a big Matt Bonner fan, and you know that. Should have won the three point shootout that one year. He outshot Steph Curry. Best three-point shooter ever? Maybe. Spot shooter. Spot shooter. Maybe. Um, <laughs> I had to go there. Uh, also, this past week was crazy. I mean, props to Ginobili. He, he deserves it, man. And it, yeah. it, it was great to see Tony Parker, who still plays, come up from Charlotte just to do that. I mean, it, it was great. And then the, the Spurs get the win last night. Great to see. Um, but this past week, you have the Hornets who beat the Celtics. Uh, Kemba outdueled Kyrie in that game. Saturday, um, the Hornets stunned the Raptors. I'm sorry, that's Sunday. The Hornets stunned the Raptors. Jeremy Lamb had an incredible half-court shot to win the game, apparently. Yeah. It's crazy. You didn't see it? No. Dude, it was oh, all over Instagram. It was, it was ridiculous. And I was like, more caught up with the tournament. Can't, Kemba's face when he took the shot, Kemba was like, are you kidding me? Then it went in, Kemba's like, what? Just sat there in shock in the middle of the court. The call was great, too. Whoever was yeah. the announcer was phenomenal. Yeah. Excellent, excellent win. Excellent work as well. Yeah, Jeremy Lamb. Um, and then, of course, Monday night, the leg injury to Joseph Nurkic uh, in a double overtime win against the Brooklyn Nets. With McCollum out, Nurkic is basically the second star of that team, and this guy's just 24 years old, and, you know, it was a very similar injury as to what happened to Gordon Hayward, uh, and you saw it. Like, I mean, th- these were far-reaching implications. and No, that was – no, his injury was even worse. His, his injury, they were comparing it to Alex Smith because, like Alex Smith's uh, injury, he not only snapped his tibia in half, he snapped his fibula in half, which literally means the leg snapped in half. Well, his – Career is on the line right now. No, it definitely is because I don't know how you necessarily come back with that. And this guy's seven foot tall. Yeah, it's it's really he's it's, huge. So that's a huge leg to repair. Yeah, 
Uh, he might be out. He'll probably be out all of next season. Five assists. Yep. Yeah, he, he's For not sure. going to play next year. Uh, and it's a shame because he was averaging he was averaging 15.6 points per game, shooting 50% from the field, yeah. averaging over 10 rebounds a game and over three assists for a big seven-foot big man. That's crazy. But Portland did find a way to win this game, and they found a way to win all week. So good for them. And who's up next in Portland for the starting lineup? A man New York knows very well, Ennis Cantor from Turkey. I've got one thing to say. Ennis Cantor deserves to be in the playoffs, and New York deserves to watch him in the playoffs. You treated him really bad, I think. You shouldn't have had him sit the whole season. Tank for Zion. You'll in, uh, you're mad now, but on June 26, you won't be. And it's going to be a typical Knicks thing to get the four and miss out on Barrett, Zion, and John Moran. Yeah, they'll get Bobo. That's right. Eh. Fun fact. <laughs> um, other big news, uh, Devin Booker, incredible performance Monday night. 59 points in a 125-92 loss to the Jazz. I'm getting annoyed because people are saying Devin Booker's got to leave Phoenix. I'm like, guys, they're building around him. They just drafted DeAndre Ayton. Give Phoenix... He's already been there for four years. How many more years do you want to give it? Yeah, but give Phoenix a chance. I mean, do you want to waste his career? That's not... Devin Booker came out after one year of college. But he's been playing he's for Phoenix. 22 years old. Kyle Russo. What does it mean? He's played four years already of meaningless. You realize every single game that he's ever played is absolutely meaningless. It means nothing. It, and it's sad building. because it's true. How many years do you want to build around? Dragon Bender, terrible pick. Uh, who else did they pick? They picked um, Josh Jackson. One year he's a good shooter. Now he can't shoot or play defense. Okay, but Phoenix is going to be in the top four again. That is true, but you got to pick right and hope you nail the pick. Well, I, I just think it's ridiculous to give players what they want and just send them wherever the heck they want. I mean, I know that's the game now. That's the business, but it's not right. You should win with the team you're with. That's not you true. should not have to do this Kevin Durant drama. I'm going to Golden State. Well, that's another story. But Yeah, well, that's just my opinion. And I think Devin Booker will stay in Phoenix, at least for another couple of years. Oh, he will because he signed a five-year extension last offseason. But... That is correct. My team of the year in the NBA, the Milwaukee Bucks, have been fantastic what they've been able to do. Uh, they beat the Rockets, held hard into just 23 points. Bledsoe was great. Pat Connaughton was great with 11 rebounds in this game. Probably the most consistent bench player for the Bucks all year. He hasn't missed the game. Not Brooke Lopez? I mean, Brooke Lopez starts. Oh, he starts now? <laughs> oh, yeah, because they trade away Thonmaker. This why. is review and preview, That's folks. Why. Yep. Um, That's my bad. Wow. It happens. It happens. Yeah. And then, you know, another big game this week that happened on Wednesday. You want to talk about players stepping up for Portland. Wednesday night, they beat the Bulls by 20. Seth Curry leads the way with 20 points. Six players in double figures, Kyle. You got Cantor, Lillard, Aminu, who's becoming a more consistent shooting threat now. Zach Collins, third-year guy out of Gonzaga. Rodney Hood, former Dukey. Rodney Hood, remember, horrible last year. Seth Curry and Rodney Hood played together at Duke. Yes, they did. I think for... With Seth Curry. 
Yeah. Seth. Yeah. Seth. Okay, that's what I thought I heard. Okay. Okay. Seth Curry, uh, yes. What are your thoughts on guys like Seth Curry, Jake Lehman, Rodney Hood, and his cancer? That bench really coming into play. A lot of these guys are starting now. How, how does this impact their playoff chances? I mean, they're going to need like step up, especially come playoff time in that Western Conference, because obviously we know Western Conference is the supreme conference. And every team, you know, not every team, but like most teams, you can like pick. They could beat these teams. Like I think Portland is better than Boston. I think Portland's better than the Sixers. Uh, but so it, it, for me, even without Nurkic, yeah, exactly. Just like Portland, Portland needs to step up in order to beat the Golden States, the the Rockets, assuming they get past round one. And for those of you guys that are maybe confused by the statement, what he's referring to is Portland as a team. It's better than a bunch of players that are just slapped together in Philly. Yeah, I agree with that. Just because yep. of their name yep. and their brand. Uh, Portland is a team, and I think they'll win a series this year. I hope so. They deserve to win a series after what they've gone through. Um as Joseph Nurkic will be watching. And, you know, uh, all right, tough news, tough. Prayers to Joseph Nurkic. Um, I, I don't know if you guys saw, but uh, he's obviously in Bosnia, Nurkic. Yes. And the Bosnia national team were playing soccer over the weekend, and the whole stadium was chanting his name. I, like, retweeted on Twitter. So the whole, like, Bosnian stadium at the game was just ch- chanting his name because they heard about the injury. Oh, that's it was awesome. Actually, it was actually really that's cool. That's awesome. Um Last thing here before we get to the Harden-Giannis debate. Uh, Devin Booker, 50 points the other night. Youngest player in NBA history to have back-to-back 50-point games. Incredible. Um, He'll be great. He'll probably be an all-star next year. Uh, All right, Harden or Giannis for MVP? Let's just get to it. It's Giannis, in my opinion. It's it's Giannis. The Bucs are the number one seed in the East. He's clearly the most valuable player to that team. And I think he's the most valuable player in the league. I mean, yeah. I mean, Harden is number two in my book, but I think it's I think it's Giannis and what they've been able to do, Kyle Russo, what they have been able to do, fifty-seven and nineteen. I repeat, fifty-seven and nineteen. They've won four in a row, thirty-two and six at home, and he's the best paint player in the league. Well, yeah. When you have a you know eight foot wingspan and you're seven foot three, it's kind of Simpler. Not doubting Giannis's greatness because he's probably will become the greatest player in the NBA at some point, probably over the course of the next year or two. But he is now. James Harden. Okay. Whatever. James Harden is the MVP just because of the fact that for an 18 game, 20 game stretch, he didn't score less than 35 points in a single game, and is the reason why Houston is even competing right now. Because if James Harden doesn't put up those numbers every single night, Houston is probably right there with the Lakers right now. That's why he's the MVP. Giannis, you take him off that team, I still believe they're a playoff team. They still have some, just like you said, they have the best bench in all of basketball. Some of that bench, they could be starters in the NBA, to be honest with you. And they still have Bledsoe, Brooke Lopez, Rogdon, Chris Middleton. It's still a solid team. I'm not doubting Giannis's greatness, but single-handedly because of what James Harden did during that 18-game stretch, he should win it. Now, in my opinion... He's not going to win it because the NBA, for some reason, doesn't like to give back-to-back MVPs anymore. They don't. They, they see that as a as a falsehood, and not a good thing. They like the guy doesn't deserve it. Last year, I didn't think he deserved it, but this year, he absolutely 110 percent deserves it. It's not even a question. When they faced off this week, the game against the Bucks, James Harden had 23 points, nine of 26 from the field, one of nine from three. One it's of nine. one matchup. It's one match. Same. 
It's you're on the magic. biggest stage of the game. Show up, and you didn't show up. And then, then what did Giannis have? Fourteen that MVP, points, nineteen points, fourteen rebounds. It's not always about scoring. It's about what you do. Harden couldn't do anything that game. All right, he had ten rebounds and seven assists, but a lot of that was when Milwaukee was already <laughs> light years ahead. Almost dropped the triple double. Did nothing. No, the rest of the team didn't compared, show up. Compared to Giannis, he didn't do nothing. They don't have a bench. Look at Houston's bench compared to Milwaukee's. Bring up the point spread right now and how many points. Bring that up. Because I know they only lost by, what, it was like 10 or 15 or something like that? If you look it up right now, Milwaukee Bucks' bench easily scored over 15 more points than they did. That's what it is. James Hart. That's why, again, we go back to the same statement. James Hart's the MVP. He single-handedly cannot carry the team. Who do you have? Uh... Tom, you're gonna hate me, but I definitely agree with Connor. I'm not gonna so. hate you. I, I love you. I mean, I've, that's a great statement. I've I've picked James Harden this whole year, and I'm gonna stick by it. I mean, clearly, what, what he's done is obviously insane. You you take him off the Rockets, as Russo said, they're probably right where the Lakers are, without a doubt. I'm not saying Giannis obviously doesn't deserve it too, because you can make a case he does deserve it. But I think what Harden's done for this Rockets team is absolutely just insane. I don't. Disagree, but just saying, you want to talk about what Houston has done against Milwaukee this year? Back on January 9th, Harden against the Bucks, 13 to 30 from the field. Milwaukee is a really good defense, and they shut down superstars and they shut down MVP candidates. Defense. That's why they're the number one team in the East. Defense. Um, before we step aside for a quick break, uh, there are some big games coming up this week. There are some big games tonight. We have the Pacers and the Celtics currently tied at 87 in the third quarter. Golden State leading Minnesota. Uh, tomorrow, you got Brooklyn and Boston. That's a big game. The Knicks play your heat, Kyle Russo. And then um, hopefully Brooklyn can get some help from the Trailblazers as they travel to play Detroit. And then Sunday, there, there's really not much. There's really not many good games Sunday. Um, there's really not many good games this week, if you look at it. I mean, you're really starting to get to that time where it's good against bad. I mean, I mean you got the Nuggets and the Warriors on Tuesday night, but other than that. Yeah, but they're going to be sitting the starters because they both clinched already. So it's going to be a garbage game. But Yeah, and then the Bucks and the Sixers on Thursday night. But other than that, uh, we'll talk more about that next week. And then the playoffs start. In just two and a half weeks. So stay tuned for that. On that note, we're going to step aside for a quick break. When we come back, we will review, recap the round of 64, the end games that we did not cover last week in the round of 32, and we will get to a New York team that we want to shout out for their performance in this year's tournament. You're listening to Review and Preview here on liuwave.org. Welcome back to Review and Preview. I am your host, Tom Scavetta, joined alongside Kyle Russo, Kyle Earhart, here in the studio. Uh, a quick reminder, our new podcast feed for Review and Preview has been redirected to anchor.fm slash Review and Preview. We are sending all of our listeners to that link to listen to episodes and subscribe via the app of your choice, whether it's Google Play, iTunes, or Spotify. And we are beginning to post our episodes on the Anchor tonight. We are still broadcasting through the wave, the sound of LIU, the new sound of LIU. 
And you can call into our show, 516-299-2030, every Friday night, 8 to 10 p.m., review and preview, get your sports talk, we're here. We want to hear from you. So, March Madness has been insane. Um, It's been incredible. Uh, But, as of late, a lot of the favorites have been winning. Uh, We will get to the Sweet 16 games in just a couple of moments. But to recap... Uh, the end around the 64, we did not get to last week. You know, a couple of late games. Liberty shocked us all and defeated Mississippi State. I actually had them in one of my brackets, and I almost had them in ours, but I switched last second because I heard a quote saying the Liberty coach apparently lost sleep over thinking about Mississippi State. And I'll be honest, that made my decision to pick the Bulldogs, and I swung on and missed. Strike three. <laughs> Side retired. Liberty is a good shooting team. A lot of these good shooting teams, at three 12 seeds won in the round of 64. Like, whoa. And, you know, speaking of which, 12 seeds now are 19 and 25 in the last 11 years. Only five, only one five seed won, and that was Auburn by one point. Now, before I get to your thoughts, Earhart, my philosophy on the reason why 12 seeds beat the five seeds the five seeds are the big-name schools that they finish towards the middle of the pack. I know Auburn won the SEC, but you get the point. These five seeds, they're not great, but they're really good basketball programs. The 12 seeds are the best of the mid-major schools that win their conference. They're the best. And the layoff between the 5 and 12 is not very large as people think. It's a lot much closer than the seeding explains, demonstrates. No, like Tom, you know, you're definitely right. Uh Obviously, you had five twelve seeds always. Every year, everyone always puts like an exclamation point and or emphasizes it because it always could be an upset. As we saw, three upset this year could have could have easily been four because Auburn almost threw that game away. Yeah, but every year, man, this tournament always brings out upsets. I know, like this year <laughs> in the second round, there weren't many upsets, which people are upset about. Right. That's why the ratings were low. Of course. But the first round every year, it's just it's fun. Though. It's one of the best two day, four days in college basketball, in my opinion. Liberty defeated Mississippi State 80-76. to And then the other big game that was going on last Friday night when we left Iona was leading UNC majority of that first half. They were tied at halftime. Shout out to the Gales. From Westchester, New York, New Rochelle, uh, not too far from my house. I'm actually closer to Iona than the LIU Post campus. Fun fact. Um, but yeah, the Gales were incredible. Shout out to their team. Uh, they only lost by 15 points to a number one seed. I mean, compared to some other 16 seeds that lost, Gonzaga destroyed Fairleigh Dickinson. Virginia, Gardner Webb gave them a fight. Duke blew out North Dakota State. But look, I think the Gales were the best 16 seed in this tournament. And a big shout out to them. And they'll be back next season in that MAC conference. Shout out Jaden Daly calling a lot of those Iona Gales games. Um, but yeah, then we moved on to the round of 32. Duke, Sunday, barely sneaks by UCF. Taco Fall fouls out of this game. A lot of people are saying the Knights deserve to win. They were the better team. I disagree. They were the better team on that night. No, they weren't. No, they weren't. Duke was the better team, clearly. Why? Their strategy was to get Taco Fall out of the game. That was their strategy to win. 
and they were without their captain, Jack White. You guys are saying, oh, it's oh not a, it's not a big deal. It is a big deal. It is has it no is a big impact. Deal. He's one of their leading rebounders. No impact. I'm telling you, it's a bigger deal than what it seems. No impact. They would have won well, by more than one point if Jack White is in there. These guys were tired. That's you not see true. It. Jack White. You're How telling is me, it not true? You're telling me. Okay. How is it not true? Okay. Tell Taco me. Taco Fall is seven foot six. His wingspan probably makes him eleven feet tall. You think Jack White is getting any rebound over him? Really? Really? A depleted, tired Zion Williamson and Marcus Bolden? You're not going to put Javon Delorier on him. you got to rotate between those three guys and keep them fresh. Because, I mean, three bodies is better than two? No? Listen, I totally agree with Russo that UCF did have a great game. And they were, oh, honestly. They honestly, they were the better team than Duke that night. But Duke's strategy of getting Taco yeah, out of the game was, was very obviously very smart. Yeah. But UCF was the better team, but... To be fair, Duke Duke hit a lot of threes that night too. Barrett hit a lot of threes, a clutch three when uh, when UCF the other day other Reddish. way went a two on one and missed a dunk. Barrett went back and hit a three, make the game two. Obviously, Zion's foul and one on Taco to foul him out of the game was huge. Well, yeah, everybody he, talks about how the strategy was to get Taco fall. Yeah, that was great. But part of that strategy is to also make the free throw, which Zion missed. R.J. Yes. Barrett saved yeah. the day and got the rebound. Otherwise, they lose that game. Zion if, hit three threes in that game. Yeah, he did. People, people will, oh, Zion can't hit threes, Zion can't hit threes. He's I, I, I've, I've said it myself. He's the player I've seen in a long I've, time. I've said it myself, Zion can't hit threes. I'm just saying, if Jack White plays, they win by more than one point. They win by two. Because he would not you be getting any rebounds. You don't see it. You don't see it. What do you mean he won't be getting any rebounds? Okay, how you, many re- what you is the rebound said difference? It. He's not going to guard Taco. You just said it's two bodies is better than. Well, they're gonna they're gonna put him on for like a two minute span when Zion is sitting, and then they're gonna move him out because they're not gonna take him out. They're they're gonna replace. It's a rotation. That's what it's called. It's a rotation. So what is and that two the rotation? Do? The front court rotation was messed up. It was a. You could ask Coach K right now. Was not having Jack White, you know, something that really hurt your team in this game. He would a hundred ten percent agree with me that not having Jack White was huge. It was huge. From maybe a leadership standpoint, not he's going to put points, he's going to grab a lot of rebounds. I completely disagree with you, and I think you're 110% wrong because Jack White guards the best players in college basketball every single day. He goes up. What makes him a great defender? He goes up against Zion Williamson every single practice. That's great. Every one. And he can go up against the best big men in college basketball because of that. And that's what makes him a great player. That's why he's a captain, Kyle. He's also one of the oldest members on that team, too, Tom. So? That's what makes him a captain. He earned his role. Good for him. It would not make that much of an impact like you're making it sound. Is, is Jack White being out tonight, Kyle? You're a big Duke fan. Is Jack White being out tonight against Virginia Tech going to make that big of an impact? On the game, maybe. Because they do also miss his three-point shooting because he has shot the ball well, a little bit better than he was beginning of the season. And Duke lacks three-point shooting, so I think they'll definitely miss him a little bit. Like a huge, big impact? Probably not, because he does turn the ball over a lot. Yeah, he gets a lot of rebounds, does turn the ball over a lot, does make silly, takes silly shots sometimes also. They're not going to miss him as much tonight as they did on Sunday, because the strategy is different in this game. The strategy is different in this game. You have a seven foot six male that is nearly three times the size of Tracy Wilson. Fun fact. But if anything, that obviously yeah, I'm not going to argue on this much more because we have more stuff to go through. But Jack White was an important piece that Duke was missing on Sunday. Virginia Tech beats Liberty. That sets up the Sweet 16 matchup tonight. LSU beat Maryland by two points. 
what a game. Who hit that last layup? Wasn't it Waters or something? Or It was fantastic. That, that was the first game on Saturday. It was, that was the first game of the round, the 32. Waters did hit that layup at the end of the game. Crazy. Yeah, he was dripping. Dripping wet. Yeah, we know Jake Lehman wasn't happy watching that. <laughs> former Terry. Uh, honestly, Mar- Maryland should not have gotten out of the first round. They should have lost to Belmont. They should have lost to Belmont. They should have lost to Belmont. Um, but other big games, of course, Michigan State destroying Minnesota, a team that I don't think belonged in round number two. Louisville just fell flat. But props to Minnesota for getting where they got. Gonzaga took care of Baylor. You knew that. Florida State took care of Murray State, a game that everybody's saying, oh, Murray State's going to win. No. Florida State has one of the most best-scoring offenses in the country without Phil Kofer. Without Kofer, their, their leader, their senior, which uh, we do offer our condolences to Phil Kofer on the loss of his father, um, which is definitely rough around this tournament time. FSU definitely missed him. But Cab- Jelly is a fantastic player, and they held Jay Morant. John Morant, 28 points, 8 of 21 from the field. Yeah, he still got a lot of points, but 8 of 21 from the field, that's pretty good for a Seminoles defense. They held the Racers to 62 points. They did not race to the finish of this game. No pun intended. (laughs) Texas Tech takes care of Buffalo. A lot of people thought Buffalo might have a chance. Michigan beats Florida. Do you have any thoughts on Buffalo? I mean... Buffalo, I mean, overall they had a good season, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, only three losses. Well, won their tournament pretty handily. It was sad to see them get blown out by Texas Tech because I really think that could have been an upset alert matchup. Yeah, I think really. I had them upsetting Texas Tech, but Texas Tech's defense was huge. Yeah. They, they're huge, and their three-point shooting, one of like, what were they, one on a 22-4 to four run at mm-hmm. one point? Yes. Even, oh, well, I'm sure we'll bring up last night in a couple minutes, but even last night their defense was impressive also. Yeah. Um they were great um other big games in the south region virginia over oklahoma oregon destroying the anteaters of uc irvine cartwright was really held down nice i mean even you saw it last night against virginia which we'll get to in a few moments but oregon uh whether it's pritchard or adam phenomenal job defensively wooten white king great team of leaders Villanova gets destroyed by Purdue. Good. Purdue's a good team, man. Yeah. Really they, good team. They took care of business against Tennessee in overtime last night. Tennessee beat Iowa. Look, I'm going to be honest. Didn't this game go into overtime? Did Tennessee play back-to-back tournament overtime games? They yes, did. they did. The only team right now to go into overtime. They did, and I'm going to say something. Tyler Cook did not have a good game for the Hawkeyes. Four for 12 from the field. He is the leader of this team. Tyler Cook only Tyler had 11 Cook. points in this game. Kyle Russo, what were your thoughts on Tyler Cook and this Hawkeyes offense? Why was Tyler Cook unable to get the job done? Because Tennessee is a defensive team first. They're not an offensive team. That's what they're known for, and you saw – as they struggled last night, again, we'll get into that a little later, but they're a defensive team first. That's what they're known for. They're not an offensive team. The fact that they got to 83 points was pretty impressive, in my yeah, opinion. Yeah. Um, Grant Williams, Admiral Schofield had a great game. North Carolina beats Washington. Auburn beats Kansas. Bill Self is out. Houston beats Ohio State. Kentucky beats Walford. And that was a great game to watch uh, Saturday afternoon. I was actually watching it with a couple of tech guys at Verizon getting my phone fixed. 
And uh, Walford, I mean, look, let me tell you something. Hoover, 19 points was fantastic, but McGee struggled, man. When you go 0 for 12 behind the three-point line, you're not going to, quote-unquote, survive. Live by the three, die by the three. Correct. Um, (laughs) So that sets up the Sweet 16, and that continues a string. One double-digit seed has reached the Sweet 16 in at least nine out of the last ten years. That was number 12, Oregon. Crazy. Oregon getting to the Sweet 16, I'm proud to say I had that in all of my brackets. Wow. Silence on review and preview. Uh, the Ducks, look, they, before last night, they hadn't lost since February 23rd. Crazy. Just imagine if they had bowl ball in the lineup, man. Yeah. they. I think they would have they won last night. Yeah. No, it's, it's insanity for sure. Um, <laughs> other big news, uh, zero New York teams remain. None. Colgate, gone. Iona, gone. St. John's, see you later, bye. Didn't even make it to the field of 64. Syracuse, didn't even make it out of the round of 64 they show year. up. They, they usually have success in the tournament. And then uh, the Buffalo Bulls probably exited where we thought they would. At, le- at least the Bulls won a game. Yeah. So New New York in the tournament this year, 1-5. Bad. Uh, anyway, um, that sets up the Sweet 16. And the University of Kentucky with the most Sweet 16 appearances at 44. So, last night's games. Four games last night, the first game that ended. Gonzaga took care of Florida State. I had them in my final four. Yikes. Uh, look, this was a good game. I think if Kofor played, it would have been closer. But, man, the Bulldogs are good. They are for sure good. Uh, despite how well Fars played, Hachimura, man, he's fantastic. And then you got these other guys, Clark. Norville Jr. and Perkins putting up points, and they only got five points from their bench, the Zags. But uh, what so far has allowed the Zags to be so dominant in this tournament? Just just their uh, athleticism, I'd say. They're, they're just so good. They're all around, defensively, offensively sound. They're just so good. They're such a tough team to, to match up against. Even like Duke at the beginning of the season, obviously they beat Duke. But this Gonzaga team is just so good all around. Like, they don't have a weakness. I would happen to agree with that. Um, another game went into overtime. Purdue, Tennessee. Uh, man, we will analyze that game a little bit more in a couple of moments uh, before some members in the studio blow their head off. Um, <laughs> Oregon loses to Virginia by four points. Valiant effort by the Ducks, but Kyle Guy, Ty Jerome, DeAndre Hunter, just a little too much. And then Michigan, awful against Texas Tech. Mooney was fantastic. Uh, Jared Culver. Jared Culver. Culver. Oh, Phenomenal. He was fun to watch. Uh, at this time, whose bracket is busted here in, in the studio? I think pretty much everybody. Not yet. Everybody. I think James is actually going pretty good. I think James still has his final four intact. So, on that note, let's look at our tournament. Who is currently winning? Well, Nick Tonks is tied for first place with our former host of Review and Preview, Brian 
Marbach. Followed by James Montefusco in second place and Kanan Justiniano in third. And, you know, this is pretty insane because I'm pretty sure uh, Nick Tonks has his final four all still intact at the moment. Where are you, Tom, in this? I am tied eighth with Allison Montefusco, James's <laughs> sister. Kyle Earhart, yes. where are you? I am in twelfth. <laughs> I am one place behind Michael Dawes, who's in eleventh. And Kyle Rousseau, you're uh, in fifth, but nobody cares. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> hey, UNC loses this game tonight. I could potentially move into that one seed. Live updates no, one on games tonight. LSU trails Michigan seventy to sixty with under four minutes to go in this game. And then currently, uh, Auburn is in front of UNC, a five against one. Auburn, the lowest remaining seed in this tournament, they trail 64 to 54. And then the other games tonight, Duke against VT, and then Houston against the University of Kentucky. Before we step aside for uh, our top-of-the-hour break, Shamori Pons has declared for the NBA draft and will not return to St. John's University yeah. for his senior campaign. Good for him, man. I'm, he had a phenomenal I'm, I'm actually surprised because I know in uh, going into the draft, you don't have to sign with, a, with an agent, which means you, if you don't get drafted, you can go back to school. Yeah. But the fact he signed with an agent, that means he's all in, that he thinks he's going to be a good pick and uh, be successful in the NBA. And I'm pretty sure Bobo, also from Oregon, who was injured basically the whole year, also signed with an agent also. So he will declare in the NBA draft. Yep. You know, question for you, Kyle. Yes. Will Shamori Pons be drafted? Yes, he will for sure be drafted. I think. Really? I, I don't. It's not first round, but second no, round. No. Yeah. The, the, I, I'd probably maybe mid second round. He's he's a good player. When he was he won Big East Player of the Year. The guy's a great player. He had a bad year last year. I mean, everyone happens. You know, everyone has a bad year. Bad year happens. So. Yeah. On that note, we are going to step aside for a quick break. When we come back, we will have our team of the week and talk more Sweet Sixteen, Elite Eight, March Madness. You're listening to Review and Preview here on The Wave, the sound of LIU. Welcome back to Review and Preview, folks. I'm your host, Tom Scavetta. Join alongside Kyle Russo, Kyle Earhart. It is time for our Team of the Week. Um, but first... Kyle, yes, sir. there was a reason why you were not on last week's show. Neither was James. You guys took an excursion over 500 miles north. Talk about that trip. Yes, we went to uh, Buffalo to visit our friend James Walsh. And then Saturday, we went to the great city of Toronto. Nice. In Canada. And for James, James says, it was amazing, especially seeing the Stanley Cup. Never thought in my life he would be able to stand next to. And we took a picture Next to the great Stanley Cup trophy, Stanley's Cup, in Toronto in the Hockey Hall of Fame. Nice. If you guys have never been to the NHL Hall of Fame? Definitely check it out. One of the cool, probably the coolest Hall of Fame I've been to. It's been much better than baseball. The uh, NFL is pretty cool. The 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 NFL. Yeah, the NFL is really cool. All, all all the NHL does like the interactive stuff you could do in the NHL Hall of Fame. Oh, all yeah. like the jerseys was awesome. That's great. I'm glad you guys had fun. Great time. You guys are back. 
Yes. Uh, man, that that trip was. Oof, that must have been long. Oh, yeah, it was like a seven and a half hour car ride. But um, who is your team of the week? My team of the week, I think I'm gonna go with the Portland Trailblazers. The fact they lost Nurkic in that game against the Nets, they could have folded and be like down on themselves and still lost the game in double overtime. But they stepped up and they they won the game. They beat the Nets, a Nets team that's fighting for a playoff spot. And then they won another game, won five in a row. So I mean, how can you not make the team of the week? Yeah, I would happen to agree with you there. You took mine, uh, Kyle Russo. Who is your team of the week? The L.A. Dodgers are my team of the week. They hit an all-time record eight home runs. Opened up the start of the season yesterday. Phenomenal game. Hopefully they could show some of that if they make the World Series this year. But that's my team of the week, the L.A. Dodgers. Phenomenal game to open up the start of the season. Yeah, eight home runs. That's crazy. Um, ooh, my team of the week, if they won last night, it would have been the Ducks of, o- of o- Oregon winning three games in a week. Uh, but I'm going to Auburn, the Auburn Tigers, because uh, right now they currently lead the Tar Heels by 14 points with just eight minutes to go in this game on the verge of advancing to the Elite Eight. Let's see if they can hold on to that lead. They also survived an advance against New Mexico State, and then they took care of Kansas pretty good. Uh, I think, to me, so far, they've been the most impressive team in this tournament uh, from their seeding, because honestly... They're, they are not a five seed. They are at worst a four, in my opinion. They, they are poor man's Villanova if you look at them. Yeah. They, they shoot the three really well, but when they're off, they're Villanova. They're, they're, they're terrible. But this tournament, they've shot the three. Even right now, they're 76 points with eight minutes to go in the second, in the second half. Yeah. 76 points. Virginia last night barely hit 65. I would happen to agree with that, yeah. Um yeah, so those are our team of the weeks. Uh, shout out to the New York Mets as well. My honor, honorary mention for team of the week. But let's get to these brackets. We talked about Gonzaga and FSU. Purdue, Tennessee. Uh, what happened? Who, what? Uh, when, where, why, and how did Tennessee lose this game to Purdue? Kyle Russo, please explain your um, master plan as to why the Boilermakers were able to Rack up this win and advance to the Elite Eight. Ryan Klein hit a clutch shot to tie the game up. And then at the end of the game, when Tennessee was leading by, I believe, about, yeah, they led by two points. For some reason, somebody decided to foul a guy with taking a three-pointer. It would be a good idea. You know, put him on the line. Carson Edwards misses the first three th- free throw. I jump in excitement. He makes the next two. I scream and almost put a remote through my TV. But... That's how they were able to win this game. And they just played better in overtime. Uh, they were well coached. They, they, they used the time, their timeouts better. Uh, they, they just, I mean, for that last, and also, towards the end of regulation, I don't know if you guys saw it, but for some reason, the refs allowed it to Tennessee to get the ball back with .1 seconds left on the clock. When you could see the Tennessee player, I forgot who had the ball at the time, called a timeout with .8 seconds left on the clock. So that is just, uh, I don't know. But listen, the Boilermakers, they've been the Cinderella. They have, they've been playing excellent, not only offense, but defense. And they deserve to be where they're at right now. I do not disagree there. Um, Grant Williams fouled out. Uh, Everybody fouled out. Jordan Bowden. 
So, I mean, it was just a rough Alexander game. Alexander fouled out, too. It was a rough game for Tennessee, yeah. And um, I thought they should have used Fulkerson a little more. Uh, they relied on Jordan Bone a little bit much late because the guy's fouling out. Uh, another big game last night, of course. Texas Tech destroys Michigan. Michigan did not show up, guys. It was bad. Um, this just goes to show what Texas Tech can do to you defensively. I mean, people were writing them off this year. No chance they go to the Elite Eight. Second year in a row. Second time in program history they've gone to the Elite Eight. They beat the Wolverines 63-44, to the Red Raiders did. Culver was great. 22 points. Uh, Brazdikis was the only source of offense for Michigan, putting up 17. And Texas Tech makes you work. They make you work for every single basket. I mean, they forced the Wolverines into 14 turnovers, Kyle. And Kyle. That first, that those first ten minutes of the game were some of the most disgusting, sloppy basketball I believe I've ever seen in my life. Mm-hmm. They just kept on trading threes and just were not making anything. And uh, didn't the power go out too for a couple? Yeah, seconds? the power the arena, did go out. And, yeah. and, and you would think there'd be a power surge. Maybe teams would you know start playing better. Didn't work. Nope, did not work. Uh, Texas Tech will survive in advance. John Beeline and the Wolverine season comes to an end last night. Last game from last night, Oregon against UVA. Uh, oh, by the way, not to mention Michigan was held to just uh, 16 points at halftime. Terrible. Terrible uh, work. Yeah, and speaking of which, I was looking this Virginia-Oregon game. Halfway through the first half, the score was like 10-7. to 7. It was terrible. I mean, these two teams both play slow. I know Virginia more slow than Oregon, but, I mean, the leading scorer in this game was King with 16 I mean, nobody was scoring. I mean, you look at the stats in this game, it was just not good offense. It it wasn't good offense at all. And Virginia somehow found a way to be up eight at halftime. And then Oregon came back. Uh, Peyton Pritchard was phenomenal. He played all 40 minutes of this game, was the only player to do that. 11 points, seven boards, four assists. Put his heart out there on the line. But you feel bad for guys like Ammon, um, I believe, He's a, uh, I believe he's a transfer. He's a, he was a grad transfer or something. Kids from Egypt. They were shooting the three a lot. They were relying on the three a lot. You saw White take some two, Okoro. Um, the Ducks just couldn't get it done. Dan Altman. I mean, you see Tony Bennett's dad there at the game. Dick Bennett watching the game. I don't know if you guys stayed up that late to watch the ending, but it's mind-boggling how Virginia had no bench points, none. Still found a way to win. Yeah, Virginia scares me. You know, in the next round, when they have to play, uh, they play, uh, who they got next? Virginia, I believe they're going. I, I don't think their uh, opponent is determined yet. Oh, no, they're going to play Purdue. Man. That's going to be tough. That's It's going to be a tough game, man. Those Purdue are two, shooting the lights out. Two heavily dominant yeah. defensive teams, and the offensive team, I think, obviously it, favors in. Purdue. Purdue. Yeah. I'm, I'm scared for Virginia, man. That's a tough game. That's a very tough this game. This is tough. And, man, offense last night was terrible because even the Michigan game, Michigan went one for 19 behind the three-point line, and their one three was from a walk-on with, like, 30 seconds left in the game. Like, a, a senior walk-on hit the only three. Michigan could not hit any threes. Crazy. And then the Virginia game, despite Oregon putting up a fight, Virginia wins their 32nd game of the year. That's a school record for the basketball team. Games going on at the moment. We have LSU and Michigan State in that game. 
LSU just lost. The final score is in. Michigan State advances to the Elite Eight, defeating LSU 80-63. to And right now, Auburn leading UNC with seven minutes to go, 78-65. to On that note, we have a caller. Caller, please state your name and where you are from. Kanan Justiano, Woodburn, New York. How's it going, Kanan? How are you? I'm doing I'm doing good. How are you? Not too bad. Uh, now, you're a big Tar Heels fan, and first I want to get your take on this game right now. They're down by 13, and UNC, a, uh, you know, they're your pick apparently to win at all, down right? 10, I know. Down 10. They're down 10 right now. They're down 10, and you are in the review and preview bracket, so congratulations. Thank you, thank you. Uh, 78-67 is the score so far. 78-68, sorry. Uh, I mean, right now, I mean, we were just bringing up or, uh, Auburn kind of lives and dies by the three, and Okiki and Dunbar, they've been doing a good job in this game. What does UNC have to do late to slow them down? To be honest, they got to defend the three-point line. And um, you can't let the guy drive right, ba- right by you. Now, I know North Carolina, they've been having the flu go around the team. Nazir Little is not uh, 100%, and so is Cameron Johnson. So, you know, Auburn's taking advantage of that, and they're, you know, putting him in pick-and-roll situations, and they're blowing right by him. And, um, you know, they're, they're, uh, they're picking and popping, and they're playing really well, um, and they're defending North Carolina really well. You know, they're taking away the drives. They're getting back in transition, and um, they're slowing down the secondary break, and, you know, you, you got to tip, the, tip their hat off because they're playing really well right now. Um, you know, they're keeping North Carolina off the board. They're actually out-rebounding North Carolina on the offensive end. Um, Auburn hasn't shot the shot free throws well. They only shot 2 for 10 from the line so far. But, it's, you know, there's 6 minutes and 25 seconds to go. Let's yeah. see what happens. Now, Auburn's bench has been fantastic, too. They have two players in double digits off the bench, Purifoy and McCormick. But UNC right now, I mean, the real story for them is Kobe White, 0 for 6 from 3. I mean, yeah, Auburn's shooting 42%, but UNC just 30. And that's that's a problem. Kobe White's not performing. I mean, Luke May and Cameron Johnson, as you mentioned, are carrying the bulk right now. Even though Kobe White has 15 points, seven of them are from the free throw line. So I don't, I don't really know what's going on there. But I, and I'll be honest with you, Auburn's keeping UNC in this game. 2 for 10 from the free throw line? That's unacceptable. No. Um, and, like, you know, against, you know, Kentucky or Houston, that could kill them, if, you know, if they end up winning this game tonight. You know, that could, that could really kill them because Kentucky, they play, you know, they play great defense. And Kelvin Johnson and all those guys, you know, they, you know, Reed Travis, he's playing great. But um, I don't know the status on uh, P.J. Washington yet. I don't know if he's playing or not. But, you know. That could that could kill them if they don't they don't if they don't if they don't hit the three ball it could kill them because you know yeah. Kentucky's gonna want to punch them inside if they if they end up beating Houston. So Kanan, uh, question: Who who is your final four and who is your national championship? We know we have we know that you have UNC taking it home, but yeah, I have Duke, Gonzaga. North Carolina and uh, Tennessee, but Tennessee lost last night. 
Yeah, I feel like Tennessee was a very popular pick in that Virginia region, not really because of Tennessee, but was it more the doubt of Virginia that made you pick Tennessee? I think the size of Tennessee, you know, if you look at um, if you look if you look at Virginia like when they played Duke, you know, the size of Duke really like hurt them. So I thought, you know, the size of um, Tennessee was really going to get to Virginia. So so that's what I that's what I thought personally. Yeah. Because, you know, Virginia doesn't do good against other teams that are really tall and all that. Yeah. Uh, any final thoughts for Canaan, guys? No, listen, man. I I know you're a big UNC fan, and I hope they wind up pulling this game out because if not, not just you, but a lot of fans and people who made brackets this this NCAA tournament are going to be very disappointed. Yeah. Very disappointed because right now, as they are down by 13 to Auburn, four minutes left. With four minutes left, We're approaching just, the under four. This is uh, this is the time where you got to start turning it on. If yeah. if not now, then it's never going to happen. But as UNC just scores 72 to 83. But, yeah, man, all best of luck. All best of luck. And congratulations on being number one in our uh, – Well, he oh, was. Not, number he one. was number one. But you were leading for a long time in our bracket. A long time. And congratulations to that. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. All right, Kanan, thank you very much, and have a good thank night. Thank you for having me. No problem. Thank you. Have a good night, everybody. You, you too. too, man. Thank you. That was – Kanan Justiniano from Sullivan County, Melbourne, New York. All right, so back to speed here. Uh, big UNC fan he is. Uh, so those are the current updates. The bracket standings, Nick Tonks is first, tied with Brian Marbach. James Montefusco is second. And then Kyle Russo, you're in fifth. I'm tied for eighth. Dawes is 11th. Earhart is in 12th. Uh, on that note, I still think Duke's going to beat Virginia Tech tonight. Wow. I can't believe UNC might actually lose. Yeah. It's it's looking more and more likely as the game progresses right I, now. I think I was one of the uh, only few people in our bracket to have UNC not in the Final Four. So this could benefit, you know, some people who don't have UNC. And this could also hurt people that have UNC. Oh, of course. It's going to hurt a lot of people. Like uh, Championship game. Cannon and Tommy Mack, they're pretty much done if UNC loses. So... We all move up a little bit. If you have them in a championship game, you're basically done. I do. So, as like ninety percent of rackets do. Yep. Yeah. So it's awesome. It's great to see. It's it's good to see a team like Auburn. You know, upset a, a, a for number one seed UNC. Watch out for those Cougars tonight. Just saying. Yep. Watch out. I agree with that because Kentucky's a young team. Not a big fan of Cali, but on that note, we're gonna step aside for a quick break, and when we come back, we're gonna transition into baseball and preview opening day, and of course, we'll keep track of the score of this game. You're listening to Review and Preview here on liuwave.org. Nice. I'm the man. Eh. <laughs> Welcome right. back to Review and Preview, folks. I'm your host, Tom Scavetta. Joined alongside Kyle Russo, Kyle Earhart. You'll, you can listen to our show tonight on The Wave, the sound of LIU at liuwave.org. Dot org. You can call in if you want, just like Kanan did. Throw us your questions, thoughts, comments. 516-299-2030. Take part in our live show. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter. And subscribe to us now on subscribe to us on Spotify, Apple, Google, whatever you want. Uh, we are now using the Anchor as our primary podcasting source. When we upload the show, you can type in the Anchor and look that up as well. 
Uh, under four timeout, number one seed in trouble. Uh, they may be the first one to go. North Carolina Tar Heels trail Auburn 85 to 72. Wow. Not uh, excellent work. Not good. And uh, as yes, yes, we will yes. set up the Elite Eight before we get to opening day, uh, before we talk some baseball, uh, the Elite Eight right now, we have Purdue and Virginia. That will be one game tomorrow. And then the other game is going to be Gonzaga versus Texas Tech, which the Gonzaga-Texas Tech game is going to be really good, I think. Um, so should Virginia-Purdue, but the Gonzaga-Texas Tech game, that has a storybook ending written all over that one. Uh, with the first two teams of the Final Four will be found out tomorrow, guys. This is incredible. This is excellent. This is fantastic. I'm so excited. Put on your seatbelts. It's going to be a bumpy ride. Um, And then the winner of North Carolina Auburn will advance to the Elite Eight to play the winner of Houston and Kentucky a little later tonight. Michigan State already punched their ticket to the Elite Eight tonight. They will play the winner of Duke and Virginia Tech. Let's see if Buzz Williams can pull off any magic up his sleeve against Coach K. (laughs) Buzz Williams, former Marquette coach. Shout out Tyler Klein, part of the Review and Preview Fantasy Baseball League, which we'll just talk about in a few moments. Uh, 88-72, Auburn leads now with two minutes to go. UNC looks done. Uh, My uh, March Madness video TV provider just expired, so at a bad time, too. 90 to 72. Wow. Bryce Brown just dunked over Luke May. Yikes. Uh, on that note, we hope your bracket is not busted. Sorry, Kyle Russo. Uh, what? I'm kidding. <laughs> um, on that note, it's baseball season. Opening day. Um, this is a sigh of relief for New York after what has transpired in the world of sports. Over the past few months, um, the Mets win their opening day. The Yankees win their opening day. New York goes 2-0. and oh. And other big news tonight, uh, this just in, breaking. Uh, Justin Upton out 8-12 to 12 weeks with a toe injury. Have him on your fantasy team? Yikes. So, uh, yeah. And Paul Goldschmidt just did his first homer, first dinger for the St. Louis Cardinals. Hmm. Fun fact. Um, but, yeah, opening day for the Mets and Yankees. The Mets, we'll start with them. No Travis Darno, no Jed Larry, no Todd Frazier. Typical start to the Mets season. You know, you got to love it. This is typical, as I'm wearing my David Wright jersey. The Grom just gets, ex- get, gets extended. Everyone's hurt. So, you got to call somebody up. What are you going to do? Pete Alonzo gets the nod. Win now mode. Love this move. Yeah, you lose a year of control, but if he plays well, You'll extend them. It's okay. Love this move, starting at first base opening day. The Mets opening day lineup had Brandon Nimmo. He played left field. And then hitting second was Pete Alonzo, the first baseman. Robinson Cano hit third. Uh, Cleanup was Conforto. Fifth was Wilson Ramos, who the Mets acquired in the offseason, former national. And then hitting seventh, you had uh, hitting sixth, excuse me, Jeff McNeil playing third. Uh, McNeil played a lot of second last year for the Mets. Ahmed Rosario uh, hit seventh and played short. Juan Lagares, former Gold Glove winner, played center and hit eighth. And Jacob DeGrom on the mound hitting ninth. This was a great game for the Mets. Uh, they beat the Nationals 2 nothing. Uh, Kyle Earhart, this was great. This was a great pitching matchup, man. 
let's, oh, yeah. let's uh let's chat here. You had what two of the best pitchers probably in the National League go up against one another yesterday? Oh, those what? are the in my opinion, those are the two best pitchers in, in baseball? all baseball. Yeah. Uh, yes, I mean you could definitely you could definitely make that case. But uh Scherzer versus DeGrom, I mean DeGrom yesterday you know, didn't have his best stuff, but six innings, didn't let up a run, ten strikeouts. I mean DeGrom didn't have his best stuff, man. Still won six innings against what people consider as the Nationals be the favorite in the NL East. And he didn't give up any runs. Yeah. But did and he, give up still, any runs? he still didn't have his best stuff, and he pitched a, a shutout. He Honestly, I think he gets better with runners in scoring position. I feel like every time there's a runner on second and third, one out, you're like, all right, I'm not nervous. It's Jacob DeGrom. He's going to get him out. It's what he does. The reason why he had a, what, a 1.70 RA last year. Yeah. Ten strikeouts in this game, as you, you brought up. Yeah, he had the walk and gave up five hits, but you're right. What makes him so great is that he pitches out of trouble, and he's really good at it. Don't get me wrong. The Nationals made some really solid contact, and I think Jeff McNeil made a fantastic diving grab. I think it was in the first or second inning, and if the, the Nationals get that hit, they probably win the game, in my opinion. But uh, the Mets were great. Love the way they played defense in this game. Even the bullpen, man. Yeah. Uh, Lugo, struck Lugo out the side. struck out the side. J. Roos Familia did well, not give anybody a heart attack for once. Yeah. And then Diaz, Played Diaz an ex- always does. Diaz was excellent. Tyler, Tyler Klein likes your Barzi jersey. Thank you. Um, but, uh, dude. Uh, fun fact about Tyler Klein. He went to the University of New Haven. Ah. The same school as your sister. sister <laughs> Little uh, bomb there. Uh, I, I saw a stat yesterday that. Every time Diaz enters the game, that the whatever team he's on is sixty nine and zero. Whenever he's entered the game, wait, say that again. Every time Diaz closed the game, he is sixty nine and zero when he closed the game. Why are you smiling? I don't know. I'm just having. I mean, Kyle I, Russo. I mean, it'll it'll end eventually, but. 69 and zero. Live I'm, update on this Auburn game. Auburn leads by twenty with woo-hoo. a minute left. Goodbye, Tar Heels. Yep. Goodbye, uh, Russo's I bracket. I don't know why you're so happy. I wish my video oh, What are you talking about? I could still move it to one. <laughs> Everybody in front of me has North Carolina winning. Except um, for me. But I'm, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I catch up. I wasn't expecting much offense in this game because it's Scherzer, but Robbie Cano was the whole offense this game. Yeah, Scherzer only really made one mistake. Otherwise, he kind of pitched flawlessly. Pitched, he pitched the better game, I think, besides that one pitch. The yeah. home run to Cano. Listen, man, I... DeGrom doesn't make those mistakes. That's why he won the Cy Young. Yeah. Ooh. He doesn't. Yeah, you're That's right. Insane. You're right. Um, Cano, man. I, I, I think Cano's going to have a really good year for the Mets. I, I think. You got to hope so. He's practically, he's, listen, I'm not jinxing anything, for, but he, from, like, this, um, from the roster sheet itself, he looks like potentially your entire offense home run-wise. I mean, Pete Alonso's obviously the question oh, mark. Pete, yeah, yeah. Who knows what we're getting Conforto, Conforto. on this team. Yeah. Uh, we don't, uh, Russell Ramos always is a good 20 home run hitter, 25 home run That's hitter. That's true. So, I mean, I, I think Cano's going to have a great year. He's always on the field as long as he doesn't get into trouble with PEDs uh, and stuff. But always on the field. Can't worry about him getting hurt as I'm knocking on wood. But, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, no, that that's that's uh, always great. But the Mets do need some more power, which, I mean, you, you miss Yoannis Cespedes. Yes, but uh, Cano, first home runner in his first at bat as a Met, hit an RBI single later in the game in the eighth inning to give them some insurance, put DeGrom in line to, in line to hold off that win. Cano becomes the first Met to homer on opening day 
since 2014. That snaps the longest drought in baseball. Fun fact, do any of you know who hit a home run for the Mets on opening day in 2014? It's not no one big. I know that. Andrew Brown. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's no one big. <laughs> uh, he did not stay in the league very long. No. <laughs> oh, fun fact, if you want to know a fun fact. Kirk Neuenheis, former Met Captain Kirk, is playing for the Long Island Ducks. So is Matt Dendecker. Yes, yes. Former Mets going down to play for the Ducks. And Andy Chavez would played in that league also. <laughs> Andy Chavez. Yeah, he plays on the Bluefish. I actually got to talk to him one time uh, at the Ducks game for a little bit. Nice. It's in. Final score. Auburn defeats UNC 97-80. to Auburn outscores North Carolina 56-41 to in the second half. Okiki leads the way with 20 points. Embarrassing. Absolutely this is embarrassing. Good. This is good. This is why. I want chaos in March. It's it's called March Madness for a reason. I'm just happy. The it favorites makes, should not be winning. Chaos. It, it makes it easier for Duke. It makes it easier for Duke. That's what I like. That's what I like. You like it easier for Duke? No. I like chaos. I like lower seeds winning. I don't, because then it makes the final championship worse. Get out of here. That's how. That's true. Get out of here. It's true. Uh, okay. You're going to have to engineer the board, though. <laughs> wow. No, but wow. seriously, on a serious note. This Auburn is review great, and preview, Auburn folks. is a great team. They beat North Carolina, but like we know in any sport, it matters who shows up that night. Yep. We know North Carolina is the better team overall. Agreed. But on that night, this today, hey, Auburn's Auburn been hot. Up. They won the SEC, man. They did. They destroyed Tennessee. They really? just destroyed North Carolina. Listen, you get hot at the you're, right time. You're going to tell me you're you're counting them out against Duke in a potential national championship? Yeah. Wow, you're crazy. I agree man. with that one. Um, okay. Then we're both crazy, Kyle. But this pitching matchup, the Grom-Scherzer. Let's go over this line. The Grom. Six innings pitch, no runs, five hits, one walk, ten strikeouts. Scherzer, seven and two-thirds, I think they overworked him for opening day. Two runs, two hits, three walks, 12 strikeouts. Even though he was not on the mound for the second one, it was charged to him and his record because he was responsible for, for the run. Uh, Dom Smith, who was on base. Dom Smith was impressive. He drew that walk in the pinch hit against Scherzer. I was impressed that he was able to do that. Yeah. I think he was down 0-2 or something. I don't, I don't remember exactly, but... Man, he had a great spring. Honestly, he did. He, he, uh, maybe he's uh, the X factor the Mets need. You know, and then Some Keon stuff. Broxton came in to pinch run and played right field. Edwin Diaz first save as a Met, love it. And you know the Mets in opening day they've been great, but this game, best pitching matchup in baseball arguably. Uh, these two combined for 22 strikeouts. First pair of starting pitchers with 10 plus strikeouts on opening day since 1970. That's only the second time that's happened in MLB history. The first time that's ever happened in the National League. Crazy. These fun facts keep on pouring. The Mets are 38-12 and 12 on opening day, dating back to 1970. Best record in baseball on opening and day. And the Mets, I think, they lost eight or nine consecutive They've lost eight opening, opening days. Day. Yeah. Um, when they started as a franchise, they actually won a World Series before they won an opening day. So to have that reverse psychology now... Is insane. They haven't lost an opening day since 2014. Goes to show you how long ago that was. I was a freshman in college. Um, that's nuts. Also, the Yankees, their opening day was great. They defeat the Orioles seven to two. 
Tanaka looked good. Tanaka got the nod over Severino. Tanaka, five and two-thirds, one run, six hits, five Ks. And uh, Luke Voigt hit a three-run bomb early on in this game. Had four ribbies. Judge, two for three in a walk. Typical Yankees offense at uh, up, up in the Bronx. Great game. Great game. Easy. Easy win. I mean, they should be winning these Damn, games. Damn, you no sounded confident. It's that. Baltimore. You're like, they're going to have another one of the seasons that they just Ooh, had last di- season. Disrespecting Andrew Kashner? Yes. Yes. He's he's really not a good pitcher. And the fact that they chose him to start, it was... I mean, who else they have? That's the question. Uh, you could have had Cobb, maybe. Well, I mean, Mancini had a good game with his bat uh, yesterday. I think he had three hits or something. But uh, Tanaka was great. I, Baltimore, what, had 45 wins last year? Yeah. Are they even touched 45 this year? Nope. Hey, because they say, had Machado for half of that. I'm going to say one thing. Greg Bird did hit a home run in this game as well. Yes. In the eighth inning. That is true. Greg Bird, everyone who's saying, you know, hey, give him a chance. Well, he needs to do it consistently. Give him a chance. And stay yeah. healthy. Well, here, here's the thing. With guys like Didi out, I mean, you have the luxury of playing both Voight and Bird in the American League because they're in the American League, and you could DH one. Well, that's where the problem lies. If you bring when Hicks up, comes back. When yeah. Hicks comes back, then you probably have to send down Greg Bird. Because you don't want to lose Luke Voigt's bat. You're, you're, not, first. you're not going to send Greg Bird down. You'll send him to the bench, not down to the minors. No, you may have to to bring up another roster spot. Yep. Because then you got to remember about Didi, too. Yeah, but Didi's going to be out for a while. I wouldn't wor- too, worry too much about that yet. Hicks will come back much sooner than the, Didi. The thing is, though, this is a great problem to have if you're, if you're the Yankees. Oh, yeah, all, of course. All, all this depth they have with Bird when Didi comes back. You have, well, you'll send Troy Tulowitzki, who used to win an MVP and win the NL way back in the day. You know... I've got to say something about the Yankees pitching, though. It was about two years ago on Review and Preview, maybe like a year and a half, our former host Brian Marbach said Luis Severino was his CY Young pick. And, <laughs> of course, he brought it up for the sake of the show to be funny. Like, he didn't actually really think Severino was going to win, but he brought up Severino was a CY Young pick. He's not even starting tomorrow. He's the number three starter in this rotation. That's because he's, he's hurt. hurt. He's hurt. Went healthy behind Paxton, too. No, he won't. He's their, he's I, their ace. I would put Paxton before Severino. Severino would would have absolutely 110% started yesterday's game if not hurt. Yeah, but he was still the worst pitcher in baseball in the second half of the season. He also had the best first half probably in baseball. Yeah, year. well, he had he had an average season. Tanaka had a good season. Hap had a good season. Paxton had a great season. But they're not your ace. Severino is. He so? would have absolutely started. So? He would have started. But he's not coming would, back till May first. Would you like to invest in a time machine, Kyle Russo? No, but you can't say oh. that. Oh, he's the third. <laughs> you can't say he's the third man in this rotation, even when healthy, because that's just absolutely incorrect. He would have been absolutely one hundred ten percent starter on opener day. Paxton's pretty good. You pretty bought good. him from Seattle for a reason. Yeah, for more yeah, depth. because we the Yankees had absolutely no pitching. J. A. Happ brought him in, kept him after trading him. This yeah, is good, but who who's your number five starter? Who's CC. It, who's it going to be? CC. That's not a bad number five to have. He'll give you a solid five six he's innings. Old, though. Yeah, no, he'll give I you mean, five innings. He he's he he's safe. And he's with that safe. bullpen, you don't even have to worry about it anymore, as yeah. much. Hasn't he been battling injuries too? He was suspended. He was suspended five games because I don't remember if you recall this, but last season, CC's last game was playing against the Rays. And he threw a pitch at a player purposely, and he got suspended and fined for doing that. The suspension obviously carried over into this season because that was 
the end of last season. That was like one of the last games of last season. Mm-hmm. So his five-game suspension carried over. But we all know five games for a pitcher doesn't mean anything because they don't play every game. So, Yeah, it's going to be crazy, you know. For the Yankees tomorrow, you got James Paxton going out against Carnes for the Orioles, and then for the Mets, you got Syndergaard against Strasburg, which would be Another fun. Great matchup. On that note, we're going to step aside for our last break of the evening, and when we come back, we will preview Major League Baseball. We will make our picks, updated picks for the World Series, well, our opening picks for the World Series, and then Kyle will give his win predictions for the Mets and Yankees. You're listening to Review and Preview here on The Wave, the sound of LIU. You used to call me on my You used to, you used to Good evening and welcome back to Review and Preview, folks. I am your host, Tom Scavetta, joined alongside Kyle Russo, Kyle Earhart. Final segment of the evening, we just discussed opening day for the Mets and Yanks. Duke and Virginia Tech are underway. Let's go, Duke. And Houston and Kentucky will follow shortly. Um, actually, the game time got backed up to 9.45. They were supposed to tip off at 9.39. Ooh, nice. that must have been last second. So. Nice, so we could see it. Oh, we go get food later. Right, Russo? I will be accompanying Kyle Earhart, Tom Scavetta, and James Montefusco for the first time, ladies and gentlemen. It's a big <laughs> ceremonial moment for me. Kyle Earhart, please please uh, <laughs> predict your records now for the Mets and Yankees. Uh, let me see. I know, Tom, you said last week Mets had 85, and Russo said 82. I'm going to go in the middle between you two, kind of in the middle, and say 84. And that's just going to be good enough for the Mets to get really? a wild card. Not the first-place really? wild card, a second-place wild card. I really? So. Yes. I really don't I don't, I don't see that. I, I think the Mets Because I think they're the third-best team in that division. I, I think they're the second-best team in that division. Re- and, over Atlanta? Yes. Wow. Uh, I think the Mets have a better starting rotation than Atlanta. I think the Mets have a better bullpen than Atlanta. If the Mets hitting can stay consistently, I think the Mets are better than Atlanta. But that's all whether the Mets can stay healthy or not. That's the question. That's the, the hitting. Health is, health is the reason why the last few years the Mets have been terrible. But when they had the, when the 2015 when we went to the World Series – Everyone stayed healthy, and look what they did. They went to the World Series. I'm not saying they go to the World Series this year, but well, I'll see. I think they can get it. I somewhat agree with you, but I disagree with the fact that 84 wins will get you in to the playoffs in the National League now. Yeah, you're going to have to at least I, win 90. I don't see the least. NL that strong this year besides It will be a few because teams. of the fact that, I mean, I, if anything, the Mets are the perfect example. Jacob deGrom is a guy who should have won 30 games last season, to be honest with you. 30 he, games. He should have won 30 games. 30 games. Well, 20. 20 games. 30 games is a lot of games. 20, not 30. The Mets couldn't score runs. Why? Because hitting is very important. Hitting yeah. is extremely important. Yeah, that's but not 30 games or so. That's a okay, sense. maybe Reminder, 20. we're on planet Earth. Over-exaggeration, hyperbole, <laughs> no problem. He 25, 25. 25. Yeah. Maybe 25. Yes. Definitely 25. Is that more of a ballpark the Mets number? Had to, no was pun intended. Your statistic that you pulled out a uh, notorious amount of times, the Mets had to score only two runs or three runs every time he you started. You know what? He's, he's, That's he's, average. He's, he's right. That's average. Yeah, no, he's right, yeah. But, but, it didn't happen. Yep. Um, Dodgers yesterday destroy the Diamondbacks. Uh, sorry, Cousins. Um, MLB record on opening day, eight home runs in a game. This was 
Man, this was excellent hitting by the Dodgers. Uh, you know, it doesn't get any better than that. No. I, you literally cannot do anything else. What's most surprising about the performance is the guys that you think were going to be the stars weren't. Justin Turner, zero for five. Zero for five. Cody Sorry, Bellinger. <laughs> I mean, when I saw that statistic that Dodgers hit eight home runs, my first immediate impact. And guess was okay. Cody Bellinger at least hit two of those. He had to. Well, I'm going to be honest with you. The most underrated hitter on that team is the catcher, Austin Barnes. Three yeah. for four in this game. Uh, hit a home run in the fourth inning. Cody Bellinger had one. Kike Hernandez had two. Uh, Max Seager, Muncy had one. I know. Seager is back. Muncy, great bat, and Jock had two. Jock Peterson. And then Ryu started the game, got the win, eight Ks. He's another good pitcher. Zach Granke got the loss. Him and Cook, uh, they were awful for the Diamondbacks. Man, dude, I, I feel like ever since Sorry, Diamondbacks Diamondback signed Zach Granke, it's been, like, downhill for the D-backs. Wilmer Florist. Well, they had that one season. Yeah, His first season, they were fine. They're yeah. not consistent. When they had Paul Goldschmidt, Zach Granke, they just garbage. Yeah. Another good pitching matchup, the Astros beat the Rays 5-1. Uh, to one. George Springer, three ribbies. Justin Verlander, seven, inning, seven innings pitched, one run, three hits, nine strikeouts who is the best hitter on the Astros I know people say Altuve but Springer man what a year he had last year I think it might be Bregman to be honest Bre- with Bregman too man like I think that this Astro team is low-key so loaded low-key little loaded they just no don't you know what it is it's Altuve for me they don't have the the home runs That's but but you, you don't need to hit so like you know the Yankees where the Yankees broke the, you know hit the most home runs last year and broke a record. You don't need to hit home runs to win. Nobody games. needs to be a solid part of your game too. It can't just not like because when you look at that team from top to bottom, they don't have that guy. George Springer just had a dominant second half of the season yeah. where he hit those home runs that they yeah. needed. But other than that, I mean, they weren't getting that type of production. You have a point. Thank you. Um. <laughs> I brought up pitching matchup. Verlander went against Blake Snell. Great pitcher in the American League last season. I think he won 20 games, right? Something like that. He was fantastic in the second half. He got blown up in this game. Uh, Starts off with an ERA of 7.5. This season gave up five runs and six hits. Three dingers and six six innings pitched. It wasn't... Wasn't Blake Snell up there for the ALCY Young last season? Yes, him yeah. and Sale Porcello. Yeah, Blake Snell was Cooper. awful. Yeah. He was awful. I'm pretty sure he won it, didn't he? No, he was he he was a top candidate because he had a hard push towards the end of the season, but he did not wind up winning it. Sale wanted to win it. Yeah, because yeah. Sale Sale won, but uh, and Sale struggled on opening day. Sale Sale was atrocious. That was. That was a game to... He was on my fantasy team last year. What not, he, not this year, though. I believe he had a 22 ERA. He gave up seven runs in, like, three innings. And not the way you want to start if you're the defending World Series champions. And what was more crazy about this game, I mean, yeah, I know they were in Seattle. They were in Tokyo, right? No, no. No, no they were in was, Seattle. They're not, no, they okay. didn't play in Tokyo. Um, Seattle right now is a quiet 3-0. On pace for 162 and 0. Dude, this Santana kid, the <laughs> second baseman Santana was phenomenal. Beckham had two home runs. You know, I picked him up yesterday for my fantasy team. Yep, that's he's very surprising. Best considering hitter in he's baseball not. right now. Five, <laughs> five, five eighty three through three games. Yo, he's on pace, man. <laughs> 
considering shortstops aren't the guys that are usually the power hitters, especially a guy for his size, very surprising. Yeah. Definitely a hot start to the season, though. Three home runs, five RBIs already in 12 at-bats. 29 years old. He played for the Orioles last year. Yeah. He's been he's been over a lot of places. I'm pretty yeah. sure he's played for the Rays, some other teams. The White Sox, I believe, at one point. Yeah. And throughout his career, he's been really good, too. Uh, great to see him hitting. Career average of 255 over six years. That's not bad. Um, and he actually hit 306 back in 2017. So uh, look out. The other big game yesterday was between the Phillies and the Braves. Uh, divisional game. Bryce Harper did not have a good Phillies debut. In fact, he was getting booed. Don't you love Philly fans? Good. The Good. Worst. They are the worst. Uh, the, Phillies, the Phillies did clobber the Braves in this game 10-4. to uh, Aaron Nola on the mound had a fantastic game for the Phillies. Six innings pitched, one run, two hits, eight strikeouts. Actually, he had five walks. But, I mean, other than that, Atlanta couldn't hit him. Uh, Andrew McClutch hit Heron, a home game. run in that game also. Yeah. Very impressive. Still seeing what he could do. Yep. Uh, Andrew McCutcheon, Juan Segura, Bryce Harper, Reese Hoskins, JT Rail Muto, Adubel Herrera, Cesar Hernandez. This lineup's loaded. Yep. They have Kingery off the bench. They got David Robertson. Yep. In the offseason. Compared to the Braves, you got Inquiarte, Josh Donaldson, who they acquired, great acquisition, Freddie Freeman, Ronald Acuna Jr., Nick Markakis, who I believe was in was he an all star last year? He was an all star. Yes. He was an all-star. He's such an underrated player. Ozzie Albee, Spry McCann is back, and then Swanson is short. So, that's what I'm saying. Do you guys think that's Mets' the second-best team in that division? The Braves don't have good pitching. That's the difference. But that bad that the hitting doesn't surmount the Yankees? Oh, the, the Mets? I, I think it overcomes that. Nope. Their their starting pitching definitely is not good enough. And pitching their bullpen, is underrated. And, and their bullpen, if you saw yesterday, absolutely imploded since Tur- Toronto entered the Second game. Second strikeout in sixth inning. Bryce Harper's getting booed. Love it. Uh, never a fan of Bryce Harper. Still in the National League East. Woohoo! Um, yeah, I know. The gift that keeps on giving. How is that a gift? For you, maybe. Yeah, it's funny. Bryce Harper, 0 for 3. He scored a run, had a walk. Cool. Whatever. See ya. Bye. Um, quick update before we talk about our fantasy baseball league and do the playoff series, playoff and World Series picks. Virginia Tech leads Duke ten to nine. Four minutes into the game, Duke has not had a good start to any of their three tournament games so far. But have won all of them. But just, they're missing Jack White too. They are. They are missing Jack White. Maybe this is why they're losing twelve to nine. This early on in this yes, game. Maybe, maybe. This is usually around the time Jack White enters the game for Duke U- University. Uh, all right, so. <laughs> this is review and preview, folks. It is. Let's Let's uh, <laughs> let's make our playoff picks <laughs> and, our, and our World Series picks. Kyle Russo, you're on the hot seat. You've had all week to prepare. I have, but you kind of put me on the spot. So if you could just give me. Un momento. I'll go first. Obvious. You go first. Kyle, thank you. Dynamic duo, thank you for carrying me on that one. I so, appreciate it. I am – this is going to be very weird. You guys aren't going to expect this. But for my – I want to go who wins the division, and then we'll go uh, what World Series probably makes most sense, or you sure. want to play off Yeah, that makes sense. So the NL East, I'm going to go with the uh, Philadelphia Phillies. I think they'll win the NL East. The NL Central, I'll go with the, the Cubs. 
I think. I think the Cubs will win. Uh, team's still good. Kyle Schwarber, obviously. Uh, West, I mean, it's pretty easy. Uh, it's Dodgers. Really? What? Did really? the Rockies? I think the Rockies. Oh, come on. I think the Rockies. At Dodgers, oh, whatever. But uh, we don't have a lot of time, so we can't argue this now. My two wildcard teams. Week. My two wildcard teams. I got the Cincinnati Reds. Wow. I think they're such an underrated team with all their hitting that they have with Suarez and Votto. Puig and, and, and Kemp. All teams yeah. that are, all the, all the, you know. Sonny Gray. You said yes. And Sonny Gray. And my other team is, like I said before, is the New York Mets. So you have the Reds versus Mets in the wild card game. Wait a minute. You didn't say Milwaukee, did you? Nope. I did not say Milwaukee. I don't. They don't have starting pitching. And all they have right now, they have a good, they have a good lineup. They have some of the they, they're starting they pitching. one of the best atrocious. starting lineups in all of baseball. But they don't have starting pitching. Again, it evens out. The pitching, again, you're not going to get American that far, League. but still. American League, I got Yankees. I got the Indians, Astros, and then Red Sox make the wild card game versus the Twins. Oh, that was an ugly pick. And then, obviously, my World Series pick is going to be Yankees versus the Phillies. There it is. And I'm not giving a prediction because you're going to wait. Wait till what? All right, I'm going to go. Kyle Russo. AL East. New York Yankees, it's going to happen. AL Central, Cleveland Indians, probably the easiest division in baseball. AL West, go with Houston. Then, two wild cards, I am going to go with Boston and Seattle. In the National League, I'm going to have Philadelphia winning the East, Milwaukee winning the Central, Colorado winning the West, because Clayton Kershaw is never healthy. And my wild cards are going to be the Atlanta Braves and the L.A. Dodgers. Not in that order. L.A. Dodgers having the first wild card. What's your World Series pick? My World Series pick. I'm going to have the Yankees versus the Dodgers. All right. So, for me, American League is boring. I got the same picks as Russo. (laughs) Uh, Yanks. Indians, Astros, Mariners, Red Sox. However, Yankees will have to play the Mariners for the second year in a row in this wild card game. Wow, you're the Red Sox win division. Yeah. Wow. By only a game or two. Wow. Anyway, That's impressive. Um, okay, yeah, I mean, I have the Yankees winning 102 games. I have the Red Sox winning 103. <laughs> I think the Russo is shell-shocked right now. Uh, National League, Dodgers, uh... Atlanta, Milwaukee, Colorado, wait, did I do that right? You yep. picked Colorado to win the West? Uh, no, 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 the wild no, card game. The wild Colorado game. getting the wild card. Yes. You got one more wild card left. No, I have, I have to pick somebody, oh yeah, I do have a wild card yes, left. Yes, it's two wild, wild card game. Uh... Yeah, it's it's going to be the Phillies, guys. The Mets aren't going to make it. The Mets will be close, but they're not going to get in. And then in the World Series, Dodgers get their revenge. They beat the Red Sox. I don't even say the Yankees. Nope. I think Kyle Russo is stunned right now. Might got to be a little different. Oh, no, I agree. 
I agree. Look, I mean, th- this is a team, yeah, they lost yesterday. They didn't look good. But I, I still think the Dodgers, have, you, you can't count out a team that has Bogarts, Betts, Martinez, uh, Sale, Ben Benatendi. It's just Brock Holt was hurt last year. I mean, look, I think the Yankees are good. Don't get me wrong, but. Yeah, I, I like it. I mean, it's different, man. I mean. I had to go a little different. I mean, I, look, not everybody could say the Yankees are going to the World Series. Oh, it's pretty easy. I mean. The, I, I don't know how easy it is. It's I, really easy. I'm just worried about this Red Sox bullpen. I, I just don't about think the importance. Exactly. The I'm just worried about injuries with the Yankees. I, I agree, too. Injuries is always a factor. I mean, Judge was Look, hurt I last want, year. I want the Yankees to win the division. Yes, I do. As a New Yorker, no, I do. No, you do not. What are you talking about? You would love to see the Yankees finish off worse than the Baltimore Orioles. Uh, I'll be, I would love that. I am, <laughs> That's what I I am completely that. honest. I have a lot of friends that are Yankee fans, so I do not. I am not a Met fan that hates on greatness. So I, I will be rooting for the Yankees over the Red Sox. I 100% hate on greatness. That's how I've always been. Anyway, thank you. Uh, so... That's it. Uh, shout out our Fantasy Baseball League, our Commissioner Paul Lombardi, for putting this league together. We're all excited to get this underway. On behalf of Kyle Earhart and Kyle Russo, I'm Tom Scavetta wishing you a good evening. And we'll be back next week with more exciting sports talk. You've been listening to Review and Preview here on The Wave, the sound of LIU.